everybody. He's the Monster Man, Randy Savage. I'm the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. She's Miss Elizabeth. No, wait, that ain't it. He's the Junkyard Dog. I'm Tommy Wildfire Rich. She's the Fabulous Moolah. We ain't wrestlers. Who are we kidding? This is Mikey's report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Holy crap. We're going wrestling tonight, Ted? What are we doing? A little old school wrestling. A little Tommy Wildfire Rich action. That's fabulous, man. That is fabulous. Here he is. Tommy Wildfire Rich, congratulations. We are on turbo this week. We are behind, but we are also unprepared. So how's that work out for you? <laughs> we may not be ready, but we don't know what we're doing. So you know what? You were so fired up on that game, I feel bad. You were, oh, I feel good about this game, Drew. It's bad. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Tonight, Drew. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Looking yep. forward to this big preview we got coming up with the Lions. First off, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining the show tonight. Episode 74. Please like and subscribe before we get going. We like the likes, we like the subscribes, ring the bell, all that stuff before we get going on this episode. But we got a big show lined up for you tonight. Ted will tell you about it right now. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Ruby, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I love the wrestling intro. Totally loved it when I was a kid. Had the ring, all the rubber dudes. Oh, God, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. You had what? Rubber dudes? Like the WWE action figures? Yeah, you know those original ones, though? The very yeah. first ones that came out, we had, like, it just seemed like dozens of them. A little bit past my time. When I was a kid growing up in Minneapolis, it was the old AWA with, like, Vern Gagne and Nick Bockwinkle. Oh. Yeah. And, and all those guys, and Jesse the Body Ventura, and Adrian Adonis. And then when my dad, after my mom and dad divorced, my dad lived down in Arkansas, and he was in the Mid-South wrestling territory. So you had guys like Superstar Bill Dundee, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, Jerry the King Lawler, all those guys. And then, wow. and then WTBS went national, and you, so you got Georgia Championship Wrestling with guys like Harley Race and Tommy Wildfire Rich, Dusty Rhodes, and then, of course, WWE goes national, and it is what it is. I love, man, I love I loved wrestling growing up. My dad and I used to watch it Sunday mornings. Get home from church real fast. Wrestling would come on right before the NFL Today show. So yep. it was wrestling, NFL Today, Vikings football every Sunday. Back then before Hogan and all that, it was Dick the Bruiser. If you would stop trying to be a Smith Carina typewriter and adding machine, I'll tell you just why I'm here and what I'm doing. True story. This is a very true story. My wife's grandfather and Dick the Bruiser were friends. And my wife remembers going with her grandpa when she was a kid to Dick the Bruiser's house. He had a cookout. And she said, all, all the wrestlers were there. I'm like, well, who are they? She's like, I don't know. I don't know any wrestlers. I like you, this, you guy, you got to know stuff. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, we got a big show tonight. We're going to talk about Vikings news. We got a hashtag. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. We got your uh, super toe challenge. We got our preview. We got Drewster's millions. We got trivia. Before we get going though, go to vikingsreport.com, our website for the show. From there, you'll find entry forms for all our contests. Plus, updated current standings to see where you are. Link to our Zazzle, link to our Patreon, link to all our social media stuff, link to the Vikings Report prize vault. Custom made living shoes and the $13,000 Rolex. What happened? And if you're new, if you haven't heard, we are now affiliated with Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. Great old school message board to go with, with a great community of really knowledgeable, great Vikings fans with none of the toxicity of social media. They got a whole bunch of stuff. Every week they've got the depth chart preview and the path forward to victory, which is like their game previews. You've got the purple paint accountability in the pick six contest. You, I love those contests, Ted. They're really good. They're fun. Yeah. And if you win the pick six contest, you're going to win a ticket to a Vikings game next year. And they've got a lot of off topic stuff too. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to delve into the world of politics and whatever, you can. But the cool thing about it is it's none of that social media stuff. It's all really good good folks, really healthy, respectful debate, college football, gambling, anything you want to talk about over there, you can find on Purple Pain Forms. So purplepainforms.com, go get you an account, sign up, and start talking with them. Great site. Very well maintained, too. It is. Yeah. All right. So before we get hitting into the Vikings news, we got to start our show off like we always do because what time is it, Drew? Ted, we're on turbo. I'm cool you. I'll fix you up. I like this candle. He's right. Like this candle. Can't you just look that down? I am cool you. I want you to fix your little problems and like this candle. He's right. Let's light this candle. He sure is. Light the candle. Yes. Let's do the All right. Coming off the heels of that embarrassing 24-7 loss on Monday Night Football to the Philadelphia oh. Eagles, 
really, other than the team played very poorly, and, and it's been discussed ad nauseum, the only really big injury concern coming out of that is Harrison Smith. He's got a concussion. The steel chair. Kevin O'Connell said, we've got a pretty good idea where he's at. He's in the concussion protocol, but it's a short week, too. I'm not sure if he'll play or not, and I think that could impact whether or not Harrison Smith will be ready. It doesn't matter what you think. He is the MVP of that defense. I mean, say what you want about the edge guys and the rush and everything, but when it comes to the heart of that defense, it's Harrison Smith. I mean, 13 solo tackles last week. He was having to do a lot of work back there. Yeah. Now, you know, he really is the heartbeat of that defense, and if we don't have him, that's a big loss for the Vikings. So I'm hoping he'll be able to get it together and play. I'm feeling like he won't be playing, though. I don't know what they're going to do because Seen doesn't look like he's ready at all, dude. No, I think Josh Metellus is the more safety. On Monday night, you know, when Smith was out, they put in Metellus and Seen only got one snap on defense. So we'll see how it goes throughout the week. That's something to keep track of. You know, Ted, I seen something yesterday and I wanted to run it by you. You know, from the live show till now, you get a chance to like relook at the game, the stats, you get like a different idea. And I've had a couple theories that I didn't mention on the live show. But then I look at the things I've seen. Look, look at this. We need to sit Kirk Cousins and start Nick Mullins. That's our time. That's our time. Stop acting like an idiot. Ted. Unbelievable. Ted, why? Why? Shouldn't you get your fanship revoked when you make comments like this? People like that need to be given a stone-cold stunner. I think people are just too wrapped up about an individual game. And people lose sight of it's a 17-game season spread out over 18 weeks. There is a lot of football left to be played. You need a pile driver or a figure four leg lock. <laughs> you need to be in the Greg Valentine figure four leg lock. Greg the hammer Valentine. Valentine spinning and trying to lock into the figure four leg lock. Clamps down and has it cinched in now. He actually bought me a beer. You want to hear that story? No way. Let's hear story time with Tad Room. Story time with Tad, come in here. So I'm in the San Francisco airport with a buddy of mine. I'm just leaving basic training, heading out to the Pacific Northwest for some other training. And we, we've got a layover in, in San Francisco. And it, at the time, you had to dress in your what we call your class A uniform, which is your jacket and tie and all your, your, your suit, your business suit right. for the military. So young Airman Glover and Airman John Jeffers are sitting there in the San Francisco bar. And we're both underage. We, we're both. 19 or 20. I, John might have been a little bit older than me, but we were both underage. So we're having a burger and a Coke or whatever, and in walks, into this bar walks Greg the Hammer Valentine. And he's got this sequined robe. No! He's got these cowboy jeans tucked into his cowboy boots, tank top, and, he, and he's got a smoke show on either arm. Just oh. an absolute smoke show. Really? And I, I, I look at him, because the guy just... <laughs> This, he was a presence, man. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine. I look at John. I'm like, hey, that's Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> and John was not a, not a wrestling fan, so he just kind of looked up and went, mm. And so I said kind of loud, that's Greg the Hammer Valentine. And he was sitting like one or two tables over <laughs> from us by now. And I thought, oh, Jay Christ, he just heard me. You know, you're trying to look side-eye and all that. It's like, well, that's cool. The next thing I know, like a minute later, two beers come over, sit on our table. And the lady says it's from the ladies and, and the gentleman a couple tables over. And I look no over way! And it's Greg the Hammer Valentine, and he raises his beer glass. And I was like, oh, Greg the Hammer Valentine bought me a beer at San Francisco Airport. That is, that's way cool, <laughs> dude. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That is very, very cool. I was at the first WrestleMania. Were you really? Like, WrestleMania 1 with, like, Mr. Yes. T? Yes, yes. You were yes, in Madison yes. Square Garden, really? No, no, I was at the closed circuit. I wanted tickets. Oh, okay, okay, okay. San Diego Sports Arena, but it was... It was done so well, it felt like you were there. Welcome, everyone. The World Wrestling Federation presents WrestleMania. When I talk to wrestling fans up to this day, when I mention that, their eyebrows always raise like I just seen the crown jewels or something. You're in some rarefied air there, oh, buddy. I was rarefied that night, too, let me tell you. Woo! 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 <laughs> yeah, so anyways, yeah, I think social media has played such a huge role in this instant overreaction analysis and... I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Fire Donatel. Who are you going to go get right now? Brett Bielema? No. <laughs> You're not. Can you go get Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Oh, tough guys. Oh, tough guys. Yeah. 
going to get? Beal was too busy going to the keggers at the frat houses at the University of Illinois. With Jake the Snake Roberts. I got a question for you, though. Yes. The Vikings have had, they've played one really good game, played one really bad game. Right. Two weeks in. Would you make any changes right now? And, and if you would, what would they be after two weeks? Roster moves, oh. start a guy, bench a guy. Obviously start Nick Mullins over Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Besides that move, you mean? I'm kind of worried about the safety position. This is a bad okay. time for Hitman to be getting hurt. Bynum yeah. didn't have a good game at all. He looked pretty bad in coverage. But I, I wouldn't. And the reason I wouldn't is offensively, then they had a bad night. But they know what they're doing. There's no possible way that this team is going to score seven points in one game any other time the rest of the year. I don't think so either. This is a team we thought a couple of months ago is going to be around 30 every week. But I'm not worried about that bouncing back because they got superstars. They got experience on that side of the ball. But you remember back in back in August, started the preseason run, you and I were both saying it's going to take about four to five games for that defense switching over to the 3-4, new coach, new defensive coordinator, new scheme, new players, and a lot of those players being young, we thought it would take about a month to get that thing ironed out. Yes. So I'm going to give it that month. What happened Monday was certainly wasn't fun to watch, but that's what happens when you're learning and when you're trying to get things in order. And I think the Vikings went about that game the wrong way from the beginning. The, the scheme may have been a little off, and then they just got rolled on. They got rolled up and rolled up. And people say during the game, you're not making adjustments. You don't just flip a switch and adjust everything, and it's fine. It's tough to do. Personnel-wise, I don't see a glaring problem with anybody. Do you? No, not really. And, you know, one thing about adjustments, I, I remember a quote after the game, and, and we miss it because we were on the air. Patrick Peterson said, Philadelphia didn't do anything we, we weren't expecting. We just weren't able to execute. And and if you look, I mean, that first half was absolutely atrocious by the by the Vikings defense. 24 points, almost 400 yards. But in the second half, they, they pitched a shutout. I mean, they, they still weren't shutting Philadelphia down, but they kept them out of the end zone. And, yes, and they it did. was just the offense that was unable to get anything going at all, even after, you know, the block field goal that got returned down to the, the Philadelphia 30 and then the um, Jordan Hicks interception that got the Vikings the ball first and goal inside the 10. So I, I agree with you. I, after two weeks, here, it, there's an old saying. First time is an anomaly. The second time is, an, is a coincidence. And the, and the third time is proof. And there's only been two games. And the, the only two consistent things out of every unit has been the bad run defense. So I would think the bad run defense is a little bit more than a coincidence. It's something that I think really needs to be focused on. But everything else right now, I, I would caution patience. You know, like you said, a month, I think the, the offense is a lot better than they were on Monday night, and I think they can be capable of covering for a defense while it learns. And I think once that happens, you're going to have a pretty good football team. I, I truly do believe that. That's what they should have done Monday. Sometimes the offense has to win a game when the defense yeah. is, is struggling. They have their chances, Ted. They have their chances to have that a 24-24 somewhere around their game. Yep. Some weeks your defense is going to struggle. Your offense has to pick them up. Some weeks you're, it's the opposite. I have a pretty good idea of what happened now that I've had a chance a couple days to look at it. What is the difference between week one and week two? The difference is a stationary pocket quarterback against a really mobile quarterback. And I think the defense and the structure and the scheme and everything they did against Jalen Hurts, I mean, they looked really good against Rodgers. But there was no element of running around with Rodgers. No, Much really. easier to game plan for than, than Hurts was. And I think the problem with Hurts is they let him get on track with the passing too much, Ted. They did, yeah. They, yeah. they Once you get confident as a quarterback, completion here, completion here, short cross, in the flat, run your first down. Once you're hitting completion after completion, you're confident enough where when you run, you're running with confidence. Yep. If you take the pass away, he's running with frustration. That's the difference. A quarterback running because he's frustrated because he's not getting anywhere through the air. A frustrated quarterback running with the ball is different than a confident quarterback running with the ball. Yeah. The Hurts had it going from the beginning. He did. The Vikings gave him too many easy passes at the beginning to get too much soft coverage. So they let the pass take over the run. That's something that stood out to me today when I was re-looking at the game going, they just gave him too much confidence back there, Hurts. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think that's a very first statement. Got to tighten up the clutches on the pass game. Force him to run with frustration. Don't force him to run with confidence. You know, one other thing that gives me confidence is the Vikings are on the right track. And the last, last thing before we move on to our, our contest and stuff. Adam Thielen was on K-Fan, and he said, in regards to the loss, he said, it gave us more confidence when we saw how guys reacted to a tough loss. 
You didn't see coaches yelling at players. You didn't see any negativity after the game. It was just guys trying to figure out how to get better. I think that's kind of a telling quote. And, and now I, I will say, look, you still got to go out and get better, and you still got to go out and make those improvements and adjustments and, and whatever. I think the mechanism is in place now for that to happen, whereas maybe the last couple of years it wasn't. And we've all worked for a boss that has been a yeller or a screamer or oh. been a, a turd or whatever. I mean, the first couple of times it's frightening, it's intimidating, and then you start walking on eggshells, you don't want to make a mistake, and then you just don't care. You, you just, like, whatever, man. Just go be you. So Thielen didn't say bench cousins, right? Uh, let me, let, let me, hang, let, let me, uh, let's see, huh? Uh, more confident, uh, didn't seem to have uh, after. Oh, yes, right here. Uh, it was just guys trying to figure out how to get better. And then at the end, we should bench Kirk Cousins for Nick Mullins. Oh, no, wait. He didn't say that because that's just retarded. You don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. All right. So that's it for Vikings news this week. Keep your eye on Harrison Smith and look for uh, what his status is come game time on Sunday. All right, Drew, you know what time it is now? What time is it, Ted? It is time for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Rules for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team are pretty simple. Drew, Ruby, and I each week are going to pick one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end. Once we pick them, they're done for the year. We can only pick those players one single time. We will not be allowed to pick any of the Thursday night game players at all. And we're using our standard PPR scoring format. So you look at our fantasy teams and you tell us in the comments below or on our website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby will have a section on the website each week for our fantasy team segment and you can put your entry there. If you win... You get two pretty cool prizes. Trucer, what are those two cool prizes? A vintage, vintage John Randall jersey and a Vikings plaque. Two really cool prizes. So again, look at our fantasy teams and the comments below on this show. Put in who you think, Team Toonses, Team Ted, Team Drew, either here or go over to vikingsreport.com. You put your entries in there. I love it. I love it. Who was the big winner this week? I killed you guys. Tunes had 118 points. Jeez. She was uh, eight off my record. I set the record week one with 126. Tunes was right there. Uh, she's the winner this week. You finished second. And Alrighty. I finished third, not last. Well, there's only three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our hashtag. Nobody cares about your fantasy segment. Now it's time for other fantasy football contests this week. Our Super Toe Challenge. Ruby, roll the tape. <laughs> This is separate from our hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team segment. Just pick a kicker. The one you think is going to score the most points between the kicker, Ruby, Drew, and I pick. And you get that many points. And the person that has the most points at the end of the season wins. And you get points whether you finish first, second, or third. If my kicker gets 20 points, Drew's get 15, and Ruby's get 10, you get that amount of points every week. Some weeks you'll be in third, some weeks you'll win. But whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins the Super Toe Challenge Contest. And we got a couple of cool prizes for the Super Toe Challenge Contest as well, Drew. What are they? We got a set of vintage Fred Cox football cards. Because Freddie's the greatest kicker we ever had. And the leather Vikings football. So for this, it's again pretty simple. In the comments below, just pick a kicker between the one Drew, Ruby, and I pick. Or on our vikingsreport.com website, you'll have a section there for the Super Toe Challenge entries every week. And if you have the most points at the end of the season, you're our Super Toad Challenge winner. Now, now! All right, so those are the rules. Again, just like the Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy segment, go over to vikingsport.com. You can check the current standings there, and you can put your entries there as well. So my kickers are having a harder time scoring than a dude in a convent. I've got, like, two points. Alrighty then. All right, so that'll do it for our contest. Uh, Drew, I'm hearing in my earpiece, Robert W. Farnsworth has made his way back from Philadelphia. He's standing by I'm here in Minneapolis. Too. So, okay. All right. So let's get Robert on the line here. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our beloved purple and gold return home to the Minneapolis St. Paul, the Twin Cities, the land of 10,000 lakes to host the Detroit Lions and the dastardly Decat 
fighting Dan Campbell. Can the Vikings rebound from the flogging in Philly? Or will they be eaten alive by Detroit? We'll find out. So, this week, Drewster. Yeah? What do we got this week? This is a big game. Must win. Big game for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Would you they call got... it a must win? Yeah, it almost is. Because, look. Packers are probably going to win. The Bears have a good chance of winning and going two and one. I don't think Tampa Bay's all that great. That's why I think Green Bay's going to win. You lose this game, you, you go down a game in the division and to Detroit, and everybody in the division is going to be two and one, and you're sitting at one and two. It's really hard to say a, a game in week three is must win, but it it's a very important game for the Minnesota Vikings, and it's not like the Detroit Lions of old. Well, I think they're getting a little overhyped right now, but ESPN and NFL Network already has them in the Super Bowl. They're the darlings right now, and that's why... <laughs> That's why it's important that the Vikings win this game. But the way the Vikings played Monday night, the redeeming factor, that plays into this game. That's why it's a must win. Yeah. If Detroit comes in and beats us by three touchdowns, Kevin O'Connell's got a problem on his hand. I think he does, yeah. I think he does. So, as always, you see our big board up there. We're going to start with quarterback, and we're going to end with intangibles, my favorite subject. So, quarterback. Jared Goff versus Kirk Cousins. I'll go first. Jared Goff, he's not really putting up video game-type numbers, but if you look at six touchdowns and one pick, yeah. the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFC North, and you know who they are, they have seven between the other three quarterbacks. He has six himself. He's not turning the ball over. We've been watching Detroit and the Vikings since 1972, Ted, and the one thing Detroit always does is turn it over. Yeah. Back when Greg Landry and Eric Hipple were playing. <laughs> Wayne Fonts isn't walking through that door. No, no, but they are a different team, and I think quarterback-wise, Goff is having a good season, averaging 235 yards a game. Yep. But still, Kirk Cousins should be 8-0 and against the Lions. He's 7-1 and because Zimmer played the DBs on the back of the end zone line, and the Lions got that victory. Kirk yep. Cousins should be 8-0. and Let me read yep. these numbers off before I give Kirk my checkmark. 7-1 and is a Vikings quarterback, 73% completion percentage since he's taken on the Lions as the Vikings quarterback since 2018. 2,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and against the Lions has a passer rating of 122.0. And just he has feasted on the Lions more than any other team. Back home, terrible game Monday night. He's getting ripped all week. Big redemption game. Cousins gets a check mark on this. I'm giving Kirk Cousins the check marks for this game simply for the fact that it's not a Monday night football game. If it was Monday <laughs> night football game, I would be giving it to Jared Goff. What's his Monday night record? Two and eight or something? He's got two wins, both against the Chicago Bears. He's 0 for the NFL on Monday night football against everybody except the Bears. I think he's going to come back. The Lions defense, well, we'll get to it, but I'm not a big big fan of their defense. Right. Running back, or the running game. I was prepared to give Detroit the check mark here, but I'm going to stay with Minnesota because DeAndre Swift is kind of hampered with an ankle injury. I think he only had six or seven carries for like 55 or 56 yards on Sunday against Washington. Oh, just a 10-yard average. That's it? Well, he had one of his runs was like 40 or 45 okay. yards. Though. So, okay. uh, yeah, he put up good numbers. The head coach for the Lions mentioned it's still a thing. So I'm going to give the running game to the Vikings. But I, I'll tell you what, if they put up an effort, on Sunday, like they did Monday night, they're going to have a hard time winning that football game. This game really comes down to the two superstars, Swift versus Cook. The other running backs don't really play a part, and the Vikings haven't really seen any running backs the first two weeks. As a matter of fact, oh. we haven't seen any of the rookies that we thought we had seen across the board. Ty Chandler's been inactive for the first two games. He hasn't even suited up. And Wang Wu's not in there in terms not of running game, but Cook also has had some pretty big games. And one thing I noticed, I noticed how Kevin O'Connell said, we got away from using Dalvin Cook. He said that at the press conference. He's going to be feeding him the football. They're going to be throwing it to him on screens, and he ain't going to have 10 touches. This week. He'll have 10 touches in the first quarter. They get my check mark. This game is going to be Dalvin Cook. Okay. Receiving game. Amon Ross St. Brown, who we featured here. Vikings report March 2021, which was last year. He did a big spotlight on him, had, you know, this is the guy to look at, so you and I are familiar with him. He is slowly moving up that board to join the elite with Chase and Jefferson. He is. His numbers are comparable with J.J.'s this year. Yep. 17 catches, 180 yards, and three touchdowns in two games. 24 targets, six more than the other two wide receivers, Chark and Reynolds combined. So he's the go-to guy for Goff. He's yep. the guy we got to bracket. He's the guy the Vikings got to slow down, just like they have to with Jefferson. So it really comes down to the, the peripheral guys, Thielen. Osborne, 
Josh Reynolds for them. And Hawkinson's having a real slow season. I'm not sure why yeah. they're not using him. He's got seven catches on the year. I'm still going to give the check mark to the Vikings because I think the peripheral guys are better than the Lions. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm on Ross St. Brown is getting in that, like you said, that rarefied era of legit number one wide receiver. And by the end of this year, he will be right up there, probably a top 10 guy if he isn't already. He's playing like a top 10 guy right now. But like you said, I couldn't have said any better myself. Brown and Jefferson pretty much cancel each other out in terms of talent, targets, yards. How are the other guys going to pick that slack up? And I, I think the Vikings have a clear advantage there, except TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith and Johnny Munt are not as good as TJ Hawkinson. Overall, I give it a check to the Vikes. Glad you brought that up. I like that Johnny Munt guy. When that guy catches it, he turns and has a nose for going north and south. Really been impressive to me so far this year. Offensive line. I'm going to give my check mark to the Minnesota Vikings because, look, as bad as the Vikings offense was on Monday night, the offensive line wasn't terrible. There was not a whole lot of internal pressure. I think Kirk was only sacked once or twice. He had a pocket. He had time to throw. Just Philadelphia played a whale of a football game. And one of the reasons I'm giving the Vikings the check mark is I think both teams' tackles are very good. You've got Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker, tackles for the Detroit, very good. I think Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw do a very good job of canceling that talent out. Pretty much evens it out. Where I think the Vikings are actually going to have an advantage is in the interior O-line. Because Jonah Jackson and center Frank Ragnow and their other guard, Ty, they all missed last week. I think Jackson could play. Ragnow sounds like he's he missed most of last year, and it sounds like he's still kind of battling his way back. I don't think he's going to play this Sunday. It doesn't sound like it, just the way Dan Campbell was talking last week and, and into right. this week. I would be very surprised if Frank Ragnow plays. If he does, he's going to be hampered. I think the clear advantage in this game is, is on the Vikings offensive line. Couldn't have said it any better. I'm in agreement with you, Ted. You, they get my check mark as well for all the reasons you just mentioned. And, you know, I always give the, the offensive line a little tiny bit of an edge on the false starts and all that being at home with yep. the crowd and everything. So they didn't play poorly, but they didn't play their best game Monday night. Everybody on the Vikings, including the coaches, walking in with a chip on their shoulder this week. I hope so. But check mark to the Vikings for the O-line. All right, defensive line, you go first because you can talk about your boy Aiden Hutchinson. He's not my boy anymore, Ted. <laughs> he left Michigan, and now he's on the Lions, so he can go to hell, straight to hell. Okay. Three sacks last week. You think that O'Neal can handle him? He can't handle him. They're going to need a back okay. out there to chip or a tight end or something. I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Hutchinson was invisible in week one. O'Neal's a great tackle. Aiden Hutchinson's a whole different critter, Ted. Okay. Run defense? They are porous at run defense, and a lot of it is the guys up front. I mean, they got Hutchinson. They got Brockers. Who else they got up there? They got Aleem McNeil, who we'd also yeah. get a draft right up from North Carolina State. He's a young Harris. player. Harris. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, with the offensive linemen, if they're going to be down injured offensive linemen in the interior of the Lions line, I'm going to go ahead and I just slightly give the check mark to the Vikings for that reason. Vikings have seven sacks. The Lions have six. Hutchison has three of them. But they give up 152 yards a game on the ground, the Lions. I mean, I thought our run defense was bad. Theirs is worse, Ted. They're 26th in the league in run defense. So I'm going to give the check mark to the Vikings defensive line. I'm giving it to the Lions. Aiden Hutchison and Michael Brockers are better than whoever the Vikings roll out there. You talked about the Lions not being able to defend against the run. We've got two games now. And the Minnesota Vikings run defense has been pretty atrocious so far. Bad. Really bad. I like Harrison Phillips. I like the defense. I just think they're still trying to figure things out with this new setup and the rotation of guys they're, they're bringing in and out. I thought Patrick Jones flashed a little bit last week. He made a couple nice plays. The depth may be a little bit better for the Vikings, but overall, I'm going to give this to the Lions. That's more than fair. So for the linebackers, Alex Anzalone is probably the best linebacker the Lions have. I still like the Vikings linebackers. I, I think it's a, it's a solid unit with Sedarius, Daniil Hunter. Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks. I didn't think they played a particularly good game last week. I thought they played a very good game on week one. But I think overall the talent there is better, and they're, they're going to have a better game. So I give my check mark to the Vikings there. I am giving the check mark to the Vikings, but I'm also going to lay an asterisk out there. I think this is an area they can exploit in the, in the pass game. Pass coverage by the Lions linebacker, that's not their strong point. Okay. But there is a player on the Lions, Ted, and you need to keep your eye on looking on. Anzalone's a great player. We all know what he can do. There is a guy that plays linebacker for the Lions named Malcolm Rodriguez. Went to Oklahoma State. Super athletic. Was a high school quarterback. Passed for 8,000 yards and 115 touchdowns. Went to Oklahoma State. Became a safety. He was the Fiesta Bowl MVP. 
And the Lions got him in the sixth round at 188 overall. And I'm wow. telling you right now, keep your eye on Malcolm Rodriguez. He is dynamic against the run. He could rush your quarterback. It might be the best sixth-round pick in all the draft this year. He's a very, very good player. And I want to at least point him out because the Vikings better keep an eye on him. That being said, I'm still going to give the check to the Vikings. I like the matchup. We, we talked about TJ Hawkins and starting slow. I think Eric Hendricks is a good coverage matchup for him when they run a coverage scheme and they're looking for Hawkins. I like that matchup about as good as any on the defense, to be honest with you. Man, Jordan Hicks has really fit in here, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Yeah, I had that big interception last week, yeah. What about the secondary, Drewster? How, how do you see that shaking out? I'm not giving my friggin' check mark to either of these secondaries. <laughs> they both suck. <laughs> I mean, they're both down and hurt players. They're, they're down a corner. The Lions were down. Awarie was out, the old Penn Stater. Yep. They got Mike Hughes in there. We all know what he's about. And you're going to put Mike Hughes out there on anybody. That's where you're going with the football. The Lions are the 27th in pass defense. Your boy Okuda, after all the injuries the last couple of years, he's finally come around. Yeah, He's their most solid player in the secondary. He's, I think he's the best cover guy they got. Very good tackler. He's turning out to be everything that he was talked about as a first-round pick. Very good player. Okuda's going to be on Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So that leaves Thielen and Osborne to deal with these backup corners. they got a couple corners that are hurt. I'm not sure if Awarie is going to be back this week. It's clear advantage Vikings with, with Jefferson on, on Jeff Okuda. I, I just do. I don't know what Jefferson's going to do, but if you're going to pick Thielen as a player this week, he's going to have 100-plus yards. You think so? You could, you could book the Drewster on that. He'll have probably eight catches somewhere around there. He'll have over 100 yards this week out of okay. Thielen. All right. So look for him to have a big game. Checkmark Vikings. I give the checkmark to the Vikings simply because they are the least terrible of the two units. Like you said, neither of them are very good. One of these secondaries is going to have to make a play. Right. To win this football game, they're going to have, whether it's a big pass breakup, a turnover, force a fumble, something. The secondary that can make that happen is going to be the team that wins the game. Is there a possibility that Donatel told the secondary to worry about Hertz's running too much to where they got away from their pass coverage? Is that a possibility? Aaron Rodgers is not a running threat. He can move around in the pocket very well, probably as good as anybody in the NFL we've ever seen, but he doesn't take off and run the ball anymore like he did early in his career. Right. Jalen Hurts does, and I I think what the Vikings were trying to do was keep everybody in front of them, get Hurts to throw the ball, and, you know, going into the game, Jalen Hurts was not the most accurate guy. But when you're giving receivers four and five yards cushion, I could have completed a lot of those passes. Pretty pretty easy for quarterbacks like that. He must have thought he was back at Bama taking on Western Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, then he got in a groove, he got confidence early. And then it was just it, it, it just became a, a momentum thing that the Vikings just could not stop or even really slow down all that. So, but yeah, secondary Vikings. Red zone. What do you got for the red zone, amigo? Sometimes we're just flat out homers giving the check mark to our team. We, but we you know are. what? We don't care. We're Vikings report with Drew and Ted. We can do whatever the hell we want. It's not NFL report. It's not NFL report. No. It's not. <laughs> you know what? The Lions in the red zone, they have a scorching. <laughs> Red zone touchdown percentage. It's not. <laughs> they have had 10 trips in the red zone, Ted, and they've gotten eight touchdowns. 80% red zone offensive touchdown percentage. Fourth in the NFL. The other thing is they're terrible on defense in the red zone. 30th in the NFL. You already know the numbers. I don't need <laughs> to explain. I'm going to shoot it back to you. I'm giving the Vikings the check mark because the Vikings are 28th in the red zone offense. They're really struggling in the red zone. Both of us thought they were going to be red zone dynamite this year. But they're seventh. They're still seventh in defense in the red zone. And when it comes to red zone offense or defense, I always side with the defense. Whoever has a higher ranking on the defense, give them the check mark to the Vikings. But the Lions, when they get in the red zone, their offensive coordinator, he's got it down. I'm going to give it to Detroit. I mean, their offense has been hitting on every cylinder these first two games. Now, they've both been home games. This is their first road game. And we'll see how they do. The Vikings last week in the red zone, well, in the first two weeks, were, Green Bay was okay. They, they weren't great. But they were absolutely atrocious in the red zone in Philadelphia. They had oh. – Kirk had a couple turnovers. and You can't do that. So until the Vikings prove to me that they can overcome that cavalcade of errors, I'm going to I'm gonna give it to Detroit. Seven scores on eight trips is yeah. what they've allowed. So they're not – you know, if the Vikings should be able to get healthy against them, Ted. I hope that happens. But for right now, I, I'm going to go with the hot hand, and that's Detroit. Coaching. 
Dan Kneecap Campbell, 9-21 and 21 <laughs> overall. A lot of people forget he was uh, Miami's interim coach in 2015 and went 5-7. and seven. I've been trying to quell the excitement on Dan Campbell and the Lions. Like you said, they played two games at home. I'm giving him my check mark only because he has more coaching experience than O'Connell. That might be unfair to O'Connell. Drew, I can't help it if I'm only coaching my second game. But people need to, to pump the brakes on the Lions a little bit. You lost to Philly. You beat the Commanders. That's it. I'm giving Campbell my check mark for this game, and I really don't want to. Yeah. Go ahead and tell me why O'Connell should get it. If the Vikings had started 2-0, I was fully prepared to give it to Kevin O'Connell. I think week two was a just a bad showing. Yeah. To Kevin O'Connell's credit, something that, has, that, that got kind of rare around these parts the last few years was the very first thing O'Connell said. I don't know if you, if you saw the replay afterward. We were, we were doing our show. But he said, hey, look, I'm going to have to put this one on me. I did not have my team ready and prepared to play. And I, I just went, oh, my goodness. Really? We're not going to blame the kicker for not being able to <laughs> execute an onside kick? <laughs> the coach is going to take responsibility? Oh, what is going on? What the hell's going on out there? <laughs> Everybody grab, grab, grab. What the hell is going on out there? Everybody's grabbing out there. Grab, grab, grab. That was right. And, you know what? That, that was against the Vikings. Yes, that <laughs> stadium. You're darn right it was. So anyways, but that said, Kevin O'Connell was horribly outcoached by a guy much less experienced than Dan Campbell That's and, true. Nick, and Nick Sirianni. How the Vikings rebound, we, we read that quote from Thielen earlier. I do believe that they will be better at bouncing back from games. You know, how often did we see the, the Vikings lose a game and they just come out flat three or four weeks in a row right I don't think that's going to happen I hope it doesn't happen but the NFL is a prove-it league you're only as good as your last game and until Kevin O'Connell can prove that he can get his team to bounce back after a bad performance then I give the check mark to Dan Campbell now that said you lost the Eagles at home you hung on and beat the Washington Commanders at home after you had a pretty big lead you let them right back in that game Special teams. I'm going to go Vikings. Neither team has much of a punt return game or a no. return game, but no. I got a tasty tidbit for special teams that you're going to love. What is it? Lions kicker, Austin Siebert. The Lions have had 13 kickoffs this year. For two weeks, not a lot of kickoffs. We don't want to see them having a lot of kickoffs. That means they're getting a lot of points. Austin Siebert has had 13 kickoffs, Ted. Only three have been touchbacks. 23% is a lousy rate. In this day of the NFL, that is not very good. Now, you couple that with everybody going to Wang Chung tonight. So if they kick off five times or four times to Wang Chung, I think that could be a serious, serious advantage to the Vikings. Even if he doesn't get a touchdown, he could set us up for short fields. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. That's some knowledge right there, man. You can probably also work that as an intangible also. Alrighty. Uh, so special teams you give to the Vikings? Yes. All right. Yeah, me too. All right. So intangibles. So here's my thing. I think this is Detroit's first road game of the year. Yep. The, the Vikings are back home after a beatdown mm. on national TV. They're embarrassed. They're pissed off. Detroit's defense is not good. Oh. Their no. offense has been impressive, but I think the advantage between the two units, I think Minnesota's offense matches up against Detroit's defense much better than Detroit's offense matches up against Minnesota's defense. When you add the home crowd in, it's not on national TV, so this team doesn't have to worry about, you know, the bright lights, you know, getting getting the deer in the headlight look. It's gonna, it's a noon game. I think the advantage is clearly in the Vikings' favor in this. I like your intangible points. One of my points I had on my note was the embarrassment on national TV. Got to walk back into the spotlight and be really angry about that. So I am in agreement with you on that. Also, we talked earlier about the Rodgers, how we defended him in the secondary Mm -hmm. with the linebackers. And then we went to Hurts, a mobile quarterback who runs around, and we were just dogged. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going back to the pocket passer now. We're going back to the statue in the pocket. Goff has ran the ball four times for seven yards. That is not Michael Vick. (laughs) So four times for seven yards, which means he doesn't get a lot of yards, but he doesn't want to run it. And that's got to be an intangible in the Vikings' favor is having a stationary quarterback again. We don't need to face a mobile one for a while. we got to get set on that. we got to set on that. But Goff's not going to take off and run, at least I don't think not, not many times. That's an okay. intangible. We need to redeem ourselves. O'Connell's going to have a great game plan. Intangible checkmark goes to the Vikings. All right, so that is our preview. It's time for our prediction segment. Drew, who you got this game? 
I got the Vikings, and I, I want to point out that I, uh, I'm i 2-0 on the season. I bought into the Kool-Aid thing last week. I don't know why I did that. Probably a little buzz, but you sold it to me. You sold it to me, but I had the Vikings actually losing that game. They have to have this game, Ted. I, I agree. Divisional game, and, and Detroit is smoking mirrors right now, and they're getting slurped by ESPN. Everybody is slurping the Lions. This is going to be their Eagles game that we had Monday night. I think it is. The Vikings just got to go about it differently. You can't leave your defense out there the entire first quarter. The start for that Vikings was terrible. It was. Three and out, three and out. Eagles drive the field. Eagles drive the field. The game was almost decided there. But another thing, you got to get Cook involved. When Dalvin Cook has 17 yards rushing and Cousins has 20, we're not going to win a lot of games. (laughs) The Lions are a juggernaut right now. They have 421-yard average and 35 points a game. Here's what's weird about the Lions. The Lions are second in the league in scoring, Ted, behind the Bills. That's wild. That's wild. When have you ever seen the Lions being second? They are tied with Kansas City, second in the National Football League at 35.5 points a game with Kansas City. The Bills are scoring 36. Wow. But they are 31st in points allowed, giving up 32 and a half. (laughs) You talk about the spectrum, one end or the other. All the Vikings got to do is play a lick of defense, and they are going to throttle the Lions. They are. So I have the Vikings winning this game. There's too much on the line. What happened last Monday night, I think the Lions are a little bit of fool's gold. I really do. Okay. And I think the Vikings are going to get a little slap happy this week, and I think they're going to move the football, and I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I mean, the spread's five and a half in Vegas right now. I have them covering it. Okay, so time to pull up a chair. Oh, here we go. And get with the right Reverend Jones. The Minnesota Vikings were embarrassed on national TV. Yeah. This is a Sunday noon game. They don't have to worry about the entire country watching them pee down their pants. I'm with you in the fact that, that Detroit seems like fool's gold. Impressive offense, just as equally unimpressive defense. I said my piece about why I think the Vikings match up better, just about across the board on offense versus the Lions defense. I think this is a game the Vikings win by double digits. I said that last week, and I was wrong. I don't think I'm wrong this week. Come on, big gulp. Let's see it. Oh, that's like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Getting that beer from Greg the Hammer. (laughs) So that is our preview. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll hit Drewster's Millions when we come back, and we'll wrap the show up with trivia. Tips! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Attention, back to collapse. Ah. Rustle anywhere with rustling superstars, thumb rustlers. How can I get muscles like you guys? Wow, Mr. Wonderful. The Hulkamania workout set. You from LJN. How am I doing overall? I think it's pretty good, isn't it? What the hell got into you? You, you swept the entire Drewster Million bet sheet. All three of your bets. And when you sweep a three-team bet, you get a bonus. You get a $30 I bonus. I give you five bets a week. If you sweep five, you get a $100 bonus. You swept all three. You got a $30 bonus. And your bets came out to you. cleared $90 this week. Did I really? So you are at $175 in your, in okay. your kitty right now. In the kitty. All righty. So let me throw the bets up this week, and then you can tell me what you want to bet on. Like I said, you're at $175 on your quest for $1,000. i am feeling a little cocky. I'm feeling like a high roller in Vegas, baby, with all this fake money I'm swimming in. I'm going to bet on all five games. So the first game you, you gave me is the Bills at Dolphins, and you gave me the over-under of 53.5 points. I'm taking the over, and I'm betting $25. Chiefs at Colts. Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover another 25 bucks. Now I'm going Texans at Bears. I'm going to pick the, and that's a pick them. I'm going to take 10 bucks on the Bears. Packers at Bucks, the under, over under you gave me at 41 and a half points. I'm going to take the under and I'm going to go $10 for that. The last game you gave me, the Rams at the Cards, I've got the Rams to cover at three and at minus three and a half. And I'm going to go ahead and put $10 on that as well. I got a little special to throw at you real quick. I was going to surprise you with it. Oh, what do you got? Okay. I'm going to give you 10 bucks for each of these prop bets you get. Most rushing yards, Cook or Swift? I'll go with Cook. Okay. Passing yards, Cousins or Goff? I'm going to say Goff because they're going to be behind and going to need to throw. Okay. Receiving yards, Justin Jefferson 
or Amon St. Equinissi Ulysses Grande Brown, whatever his name is. JJ. All right, you get $10 for each of those that you get right. And that's free money, right? If you miss them all, you don't get money taken out of the kitchen. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Let's do that. All right, now remember, the guessing for that is closed. We, we only opened that up for the first two weeks. So now now you just get to follow along and see if I can finish with a 1000 bucks. All right, so that'll do it for Drewster's Millions this week. Now it is time for my favorite segment, Trivia with Toonses. Welcome to Toonses Trivia. How you guys doing? Hey, Toonses, how are you? Hi, Drew. Hi, Toonses. I'll bite your kneecaps off. Yes, that is one of the categories. This week we have no movie, no problem. I play for both teams. Not sexual. Picture puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll bite your kneecaps off. Is that sexual? It could be, but it is not today. All righty. Wait, what are the names you got written in? What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Ted, 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 Todd, 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 Todd. Ted, why are we dumb and dumber? And what is your name? Junesonator? Isn't it obvious? Just think about it for a minute. It's it's not complicated. Uh, that's pretty accurate, actually. Right. So just like last week, if you get it right, you get the points. If you get it wrong, I get the points. Okay. okay. Let's do it. Tell right. Peter. Let's start with no movie, no problem. I actually cannot remember what this is about. <laughs> you know, you and I may not be prepared, but neither is our game show host. So that's no. just fine. <laughs> I think this is movie scenes. And you have to tell me what movie it is. Hard to remember from two hours ago. Hey, man. When you work two jobs. All right. Ready? 100. What movie? Saving Private Saving Ryan. Ryan. That is correct. Dumb and Dumber. Get 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> For 200. Name the movie. Uh, that is Heat. Yep. Good job, guys. That's a great movie. That's maybe the best scene in any movie ever. All right. For 300. Name the movie. Seven. Seven. Good. You can't stop me and Ted on movies, bro. We're look at us. All we do is sit and watch movies. That's What's all we do. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> I was watching this movie one time with somebody. Thought everybody had seen it, and I'm like, yeah, the head's in the box. <laughs> really great ending to that flick. All right, for 400, name the movie. Oh, that's a Godfather. Good job, the horse head. All right, you guys did really good on that one. How about smart and smarter? Yeah. That name real quick. I might have to change it. All right, I play for both teams. These are players <laughs> past or present that have played for both the Vikings and the Lions. For 100, name the player. Is that Mike Hughes? J. Ron Kirk. Wait, Mike Hughes? Ted was correct. That is Mike Hughes. Good job, Ted. 200, name the player. Riley Reef. Yep. Oh, I'm getting killed this week. Good job, 200. Good job, here's your... For 300, name the player. Amir Abdullah. Oh, yeah, good job. Jeez, man, good job. Some weeks, the liquor kicks in early. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. <laughs> liquor? I don't even know her. <laughs> Who is that, Ted? Uh, quarterback. Um, Is that that Blau guy? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Blau. <laughs> yes. Kevin Blau. Got it. Nice. Good Dude, job. That was a tricky move, too, since you tried Boy. to trick us by a guy that was here for 20 minutes. Is he gone already? Isn't he on the practice squad? I thought he was on the Vikings practice squad. I don't know what he is. <laughs> All right. Picture puzzle is, as you know, you have to put together the pictures to come up with the name of the Lions player. Okay. All right. Here you go. For 100, name the player. Frank Ragnow. <laughs> Good job. Sales was such a great show. Oh, tremendous show. All right. For 200, name the player. Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> For 300, uh, name the player. Um, oh. Something Tez. Uh, oh, Quint, uh, Quintez. Um, no. Yeah, that's Harley Quint, Quintez. Quintez? What's that dude saying? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I don't know any Quintez on the Lions. You might have us here. Yeah. Did I get you? Yeah. Yeah. Quintez Cephas. <laughs> I get only 300 points, but I'll take it. All right, for 400. Name the player. Well, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From what college? Uh, Ohio State. Yeah, he went to Ohio State. Good player at Ohio State. Okay. I have no chance of winning, but here we go. I'll bite your kneecaps off. 
Now you're going to see pictures of people's knees. And you just have to tell me <laughs> whose knees they are. <laughs> 400. Whose knees are these? Uh, David Beckham. David Beckham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only tatted soccer player I know when I was right. The only reason that. we knew was the number on the shorts. We would have never known. All right, for 200, name the knees. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. And Sonny yes. Liston. Sonny Liston, yeah. I named both sets of knees. That's extra credit. All right, I'll give you extra credit. Here you go. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Dun, 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 dun. All right, for 300, name the knees. Serena Williams. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job. It's the last one for 400, and you killed me anyway. Name the knees. Oh, Nancy Kerrigan! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thank you guys for playing! We'll see you next week. Oh, that's tremendous. When Tanya Harding says take a knee, Ted, she really meant it. Oh, that is tremendous. Tremendous. Thank you. You know Tennis. what? Trivia should just be the show. Uh, we should just do a, a, a channel on, on our... On our... <laughs> Or a page on our channel that is nothing but trivia because that's hysterical. It is so well done by Tunes. All right. That does it for, I think, episode 74. Again, thanks so much for liking and subscribing. Again, head on over to purplepainforums.com. Sign up, get yourself an account for the contest. Once again, you can either put your entries down here in the YouTube comments below. Head on over to, to vikingsreport.com. Check the website out. Check the standings of our contests. Make your entries there. Ruby, thanks so much for the trivia. Uh, my sides hurt every week when we're done I, and all the production and everything you do after the show that nobody sees. Drewster, I have an absolute blast. My sides hurt again from laughing. <laughs> and you make me smart every week with, with the football knowledge. So we'll try to do better the next time. Drewster, why don't you just uh, take us home for tonight? That's so well said, Ted. You are the best host in the business. And you are the stir. What is it? The stirring drink? The straw? The straw, the the straw yeah. Actually, Tootsis is, but you're second yeah. line with that. Um, All right. Great job tonight. Great job. Everybody tune in after the Lions game. We'll be live. Oh, yeah. To break yep. it down, we get Vikings Report Rewind with uh, me and Ted and Tootsis and the great, the great Dusty Rhodes, Chris Gates, Christopher Gates. who does Christopher Gates, Dusty the Rhodes. American dream. Yes, he is. We'll have Christopher Gates with us after the game for our live breakdown of the Lions victory, Ted, yeah. over the Lions, the victory. Yes. So come join us for that. Really, really great seeing everybody tonight. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Go to Vikings Report. Sign up for our contest. we got a bunch of prizes, all that stuff. Really, really a great time hanging out with you folks tonight. Tune thanks for the production. And uh, enjoy your Vikings game. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Good night, Ted.